All right, welcome to Jessica Jones, Season 1, Episode 9, a.k.a. Sinbin. This is one of the great television episodes of all time, no doubt. Um, as was the previous episode, it's kind of a two-parter. Jessica finishes the episode by not only escaping the dollhouse, but essentially playing the victim of the dollhouse the whole time to get Kilgrave to lower his guard so that he... So, um, I'm sorry, so that she can get him out of there. Will Travell, Aaron Moriarty, great to have Hope back after a couple of episodes absence. You know, I set up perfectly a few episodes ago. A few episodes ago, Jessica gave Hope the money that she'd not know was going to be for an abortion attempt by getting her ass beat. And Hope finishes that exchange with Jessica by saying, yeah, I don't really... Bye, you. Uh, I, I don't believe that you're going to do anything for me, so fuck off. And this is when she gets Hope back in the game. Here we go. Boom. Bendis with the guitar solo. Michael Gato, sorry to mention him too, created by Melissa Rosenberg. She's brilliant. Written by women. Directed by men. Pretty common for the series. There just aren't a lot of female directors. But, you know, when you can get good indie directors who know what they're doing and understand both men and women... The writing is really the more important part. You get the better writing, and the directors know what they're doing, especially since they established an aesthetic and a filming style very early on in the series. <laughs> so this is it. This is it. After eight full episodes of being tormented, either directly or indirectly, by this guy, Kilgrave, Jessica has him. She has him. Oh, what's the water for? I figured that one out pretty quickly. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Um, and by the way, the yelling of Jessica, we heard in her many flashbacks of killing Riva, and we will hear at the, um, not at the end, uh, during his escape here, when she tri- when uh, Hillgrave tries uh, unsuccessfully to control her with, with voice. Oh, this is great. He can't say anything. Okay, so this episode of television is the Netflix TV episode version of Django Unchained or Inglorious Bastards. This is turning the tables on a horrible victimizer and having full control over his destiny and his life until you screw up and he escapes. But in the meantime, it's, it's beautiful. Your murderer, Kevin. I love that she starts calling him Kevin. Hermetically sealed room, Kevin. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they make fun of the Kilgrave name, which I'm sure is from the comics. Talk about the obvious. Murder corpse. I believe when she meets Rosario Dawson, God bless Rosario Dawson, when she comes to the end of the series and a cameo to connect Daredevil with this one, uh, she makes fun of Kilgrave's name in the same way. And I think we might say murder corpse as well. Jessica is looking for any excuse to buzz him. Okay, so the question is, is Jess, um, or I should say Kristen Ritter, a lefty, and that's why the button's there, or they just thought that was a more interesting camera angle for some reason? Or maybe it's her saying, fuck you, being like, yeah, I'm not going to buzz you with my strong hand, I'm going to buzz you with my weak hand. And what's great is, for throughout this episode i can't remember if he escapes in this episode or the next one but he never puts anything on camera that's truly incriminating this entire time no matter what jessica Souser does he's brilliant and right don't make me hurt you i saved you oh my god kristen ritter is almost crying here Oh, we made sweet, sweet love. Boom. You knew that was coming. Okay, she hit it with her right hand. She's a righty. I thought so. That's somewhat uncommon. (laughs) So why doesn't he just stand on the bed? Maybe that's made of metal, too. You know, it's a shit. So, you got the big red button, and then later on, Hogarth, you know, disconnects the wires so that uh, Kilgrave can escape and and theoretically help her. Is this Trish? On a mission? Oh, man. Oh, yeah, she's trying to save Simpson. Right, he takes some pills later, and he's okay. (laughs) 
So I'm guessing we're going to see more Kozlov in Season 2. I'm assuming if they're going to pursue this particular plot point, which I'm not sure they need to, but I get why they do with the human experimentation. Yeah, he's just not a great actor. He's not a great actor. What are you going to do? It's not the end of the world. My boys are dead. It's almost more charming having one weak link. You know, I sometimes talk about some movies being so flawless and perfect in execution that it's almost oppressive. You need some messiness, and sometimes, you know, and sometimes that messiness leads to bizarre characters like Will Simpson. But you're you're, you're just so with Trish at all, you know, moments. And this is the thing. You've hated Kilgrave the entire time. You start getting a little sympathy for him in the previous episode, seeing these exact videos. But him walking around with his hands on his ears, you know, and being so terrified by having to relive this over and over and over again as part of his torture by Jessica. You can't help but feel bad for the guy, you know? In this, You don't excuse anything he's done. But... He's clearly disturbed, and this is why I, you know, I don't think he's lying here, I, and this is why I, I don't totally believe his parents later when they said they were just trying to help him. Oh, there's experimentation on other people, right? Weren't the only lab rat. Okay, so here's the Riva talk. Maybe we'll figure out why Riva is so important. I never touched that woman. Mmm, where are these other kids? He probably killed the other kids. <laughs> and different lamps. I I believe Kilgrave. I don't know. We'll revisit it when the parents come. Kilgrave's parents are both a huge strength, but also a potential weakness. <laughs> oh no! I'm sorry to laugh. You know, it's great to see him suffer. Yeah. So now he has to actually be convincing. And this is why you have to make him suave. And this is the interesting thing. So if you make him sort of a sociopath, at least externally, the character of Kilgrave, someone who doesn't actually have any emotion or feel anything, then he can still mind control people, but he wouldn't have a complex emotional structure. And so even with his powers gone here, he could still manipulate people or try and manipulate people because he does visit all sorts of complex emotional places. Right, force him to use his abilities, which is foreshadowing directly what's going to happen with the parrots. Oh, the plea bargain. I love this. Okay, this is another philosophical discussion. So, you can get a plea bargain, get out in 10 to 20 years. They want it done. Jessica has a chance. It's hard to know if it's a 20% chance or a 70% chance of getting Kilgrave to confess and get Hope off completely. Yeah, and this this is where you are with Hogarth briefly. She is being the rational one here. You know, in a normal circumstance, without people with mind control powers, you would take the plea bargain. Right, she says, all you need is one juror, but you still have to, con- you know, you still have to consult and convince the whole jury. So is Kilgrave reading, he's, okay, he's reading lips, I was just going to say, he's reading lips to figure out how to manipulate Hogarth by seeing that she's in distress. She's looking at the window, amateur mistake, it's like uh, football coaches covering their mouth with a clipboard, what the plays are called, the ultimate paranoia for the least important reason. Right, so she tries to bring Freeman into the situation. I'm sorry, I forget what his name is in the show, he'll always be Freeman to me. The old man, listening to the wire, doing his furniture with the beautiful young lady. So she's pseudo-blackmailing Jerry here by getting her on camera being part of this whole, you know, circus. No, because he's an asshole. Whoop, you have to go in the room. Don't do that either. She's thinking about it. Whoop, you can help me. He knows it. He's gonna, that's what's great about Kilgrave. He can manipulate people even without the voice. <laughs> he throws out the stuff to get pastrami fries. Oh no, he's just running away from her. 
Right. Yeah, he doesn't want to deal with uh, the police station scenario with Kilgrave. Yeah, everyone's looking the other way. So Clark uh, Peters, who plays Detective Clemens, I'm sorry, he just slides into the comic book pulpy vibe so easily. It's like he, you know, like he was born for this, you know. Uh oh, threatening the detective. Yeah, this is the classic. Hold me back, hold me back, hold me back. Not really wanting to fight. He's running away, not wanting to run away. You know, I mean, it, Jessica Jones is not empty of cliches, but they just go down so smooth because everything else is so goddamn real, uh, considering the circumstances. So he, right, he's thinking as a detective. He wants to help her, but she doesn't have hard evidence. And there's, like, I, I keep saying, there's nothing in the legal code to deal with mind control. You need to add a clause. Um, what they really need is another superhero on the good side, like Jean Grey or Professor X, which isn't going to happen because they're owned by Fox, the X-Men, that is. They need another telepath to counteract the bad telepath. X-Men, yeah, and that's why I was so impressed by this, is X-Men does telepaths in such a cooler and more classic you know, way. I mean, Gene and Professor X have been, you know, massive characters in the X-Men universe for decades and decades and decades. And now in the movies for 15 years, 16 years. More Wendy Hogarth stuff. But, you know, in this little side pocket of the Avengers universe, they, they are able to pull off a telepath, but... You know, unlike the X-Men, the telepath's not trying to control all of humanity or rule the world or kill all non-mutants or so forth. And you almost have to respect that about Kilgrave. Um, oh, he's still reading her lips. He, yeah. You know, you have to respect about Kilgrave that he, he, you know, his selfishness in a way is saving the the world. I mean, he's killing and torturing a lot of people, you know, in, in the near term, but... It's not like he's telling people to crash planes into buildings and so forth. You know, it's the opposite of Loki. Loki's goals are so general. His aims are are obvious. Global domination, cosmic domination, just like Ronan, just like Thanos, just like Ultron. And that's why Marvel, if not solved and at least addressed their villain problem, as I call it, with Kilgrave. <laughs> and this is it bitches right uh he sent that text message it's amazing he can read lips considering he can control people he's just that smart that was the important thing with Kilgrave is to make him extremely smart just from a you know n- numerical scenario and his brain synapses alright half truths again Jessica moved in with him cohabitation <laughs> which by the way statistically a cohabitation previous to marriage doesn't guarantee a good marriage in fact people who move in with each other before marriage have a lower uh, or i should say a higher divorce rate than those who do not and they wait until after marriage i'm not saying you should i'm not saying you should be abstinent i'm not a you know orthodox jew or christian so back to kilgrave manipulating hogarth it's so pathetic Everyone else, he needs to use magic, but with her, you can do it with words. We don't get to see him shocked again, I don't think, because she unplugs the shock machine with the big red button. So his appeal to her is similar to Jessica's appeal to him in the previous episode to be a superhero. You know, to to use your powers for good but in a way that benefits you as well she's so good carrie Ann moss i mean you know it's impossible not to think of her as trinity but she owns this role and this is that everything with wendy has been built up to this 
This is another misdirect by the writers, which I'm totally fine with. Yeah. I think she has spine and backbone, but she does not. <laughs> Trish with Simpson. It's almost like they had to give Trish something else to do. You know, Jessica has to operate solo. She's the opposite of the Avengers and the X-Men. She she operates best when she's solo. She's not risking anyone that she loves or cares about, or, or even just innocent people. It's all on her, as Trish says. You, you know, Jessica can't be all on you, but that's how Jess operates. Yeah, the Kozlov pills thing is... Uh... Oh, here he is. <laughs> Looking like one of the backroom CIA uh, operators. Have you seen Hellblad? You don't know who they're working for? Yeah, he has to get back in the program. I went back in. Yeah, it's all a little sloppy, you know? And that's the thing. I mean... <sighs> In the X-Men, when you see the military, it's usually the military coming after mutants and them having to defend themselves. With the Avengers, with S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA, the American government, we'll learn more with Captain America Civil War and, and other properties going forward. However, it's a little, uh, you know, it's a little confused at times in the Avengers universe. <laughs> Finally. I can't believe that Jessica trusts us to Hogarth or anybody else. You know, this is this is a huge conceit after everything she's gone through that she would leave this place. She would be sleeping here for days and days and days. Um, but that's the thing about Jessica. She talks about hating and not trusting people or, or hints at it. And you think she distrusts Kill... You know, um, I'm sorry. You think she distrusts Hogarth and leaves her in charge and and now Hogarth has unplugged the uh the wires or whatever. Yeah, here we go. This is great. She starts beating the shit out of him and realizes that he manipulated the whole situation to make him look like a victim and not yeah, a guilty subject. Here we go. Oh, he, he, yeah, he's starving. He's starving. She brings him fast food. He won't even eat it. He's such a snob. Although he will eat bad Chinese food, which is great. Here we go. One of the great all-time television exchanges. You know exactly what's going to happen, but you're not quite aware of the negative you know, impact of this situation. She takes two big steps backwards here. She lacks patience again. As a PI, as an investigator, lacks patience. Goes for the hard sell immediately. <laughs> At least she doesn't throw it at the water. My feet are pruning. Smells fast. You're welcome. Yeah, I don't know what to say here. Yeah, Jessica in the t-shirt beating the shit out of Kilgrave. And he invites it. Afraid I'll touch you. <laughs> He'd welcome it. He welcomes getting beat beat down by her. Uh oh. Yeah, he says you toy with my emotions. He really believes that. He 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 wants this so badly. It'll never happen, but he's too deluded. I want you to beg for it. Right. S starting right here. She starts losing. Yeah, and Marvel does this as well as as anyone, which makes the you know so many of their superhero properties compelling. Is the whole Joss Whedon school of making you think you're winning, but you really are starting to lose badly, and you don't really realize it fully till later. This is catharsis for her. This is not a good interrogation. She had so much success in the house you know, playing the victim uh, to not channel some of that here is obviously a huge mistake. Mummy and Daddy. Does he hit her? I can't remember. 
I don't think he ever hits her. Yep, you have all the power here. He says, looking into the camera. This is like this is very reminiscent of, uh, you know, Batman beating the shit out of the Joker in uh, in, in the Dark Knight in the prison cell, and he puts the chair against the door so so Gordon and the cops can't come in and stop him. And this is what's brilliant about the show. We've been waiting eight plus episodes to see this catharsis here, but it's not Django Unchained. At least we're not at the end of Django Unchained. We don't feel bad for him, but we realize that she's failing and what she's trying to do to save Hope and everyone else that she can. She's she's giving in to base impulses. With everything I did to hurt you, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is right. He is powerless. This he's playing us exactly. He's no, he's playing Jesse. I think they shock. Oh, I guess Hogarth doesn't change it yet because they shock. I think Trish shocks the two of them, and this is the ultimate friendship move from Trish. She's the only person that could do this, and Jessica not hate her for it, especially because Jessica realizes that she's right. Being in control. Jessica has to suspect that he can't mind control her at this point, you know? Yep, boom, there it goes. Slow-mo, you rarely see that in Jessica Jones. Beautiful, look at the two of them there. Uh, The good thing is, her being a superhero, she probably wakes up before him and gets out of there. Oh, God. Now she's watching it and being like, I'm a fucking idiot. He totally played me. He totally played us. Exactly, he never told Right, just like with Hogarth. He had all the control without using his voice control, or his mind control. Right, God admires commitment, that's what I was saying before. He is committed. Even I feel sorry for him, that's important. Yeah, like I was saying before, you know, take even the worst person, you start torturing them, you start feeling bad for them. You know, it's, uh... I mean, a little bit of torture is one thing, but excessive torture, it's more humane to just kill someone than than extreme torture. Trish is right about that, but the problem is hope if they just left here. Right, hope could take the deal. They just run. Yeah, Trish is always one step ahead of Jessica. That's the point. As long as you care, that's the problem. He's, you know... And this is what I love. It's not that she's trying to save hope from life in jail. Now she's trying to save hope from 20 years in jail. Or 10 years in jail. Because it's not fair. She's 20. She's pretty. She's smart. She's talented. She's a great soul. Even though she killed her parents against her will. Oh, the bomb, right. Oh, well. I guess she hasn't told Simpson to definitively fuck off yet. Once he takes the pills, that's when she realizes it. Yeah. Well, I think with Trish as a superhero in season two, you know, we'll just get to see her kicking a lot of ass. Still showing the video. Yeah, and Jessica's watching the whole thing. Right. One camera you can't change. I thought my mother was bad. Uh. Yeah, this is where she starts thinking about the parents. And they happen to be in New York. I mean, this was the huge conceit of the show. Was that his parents would happen on the run from him would be in the same city as him? Seems uh, unlikely. But the 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 speed with which the parents' story moves with Kilgrave going forward, the way it's cut up and edited, and the story told, you don't have time to think about some sloppiness uh, with, with how they're inserted. 
Right, you'd be disbarred. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my god, this gets so bad with Pam. It's horrible. I'm doing the best I can. What do you want from me, Hogarth? Yeah, handle it. She should have paid the money in the beginning, and then it would be over. So I wonder where the lesbian concept came from. I mean, I'm totally down for it. You know, I support all this stuff, but uh, it's interesting. You know, I mean, Carrie Ann Moss, even in the Matrix days when she was, you know, I mean, she's still beautiful here. <laughs> she's barely aged. You know, she's gorgeous in the first Matrix. Young. Um, they make her so pale in that movie to match Neo's paleness. But, uh... There is something androgynous about her. It works going both ways. You know, because Keanu Reeves as Neo was actually a really sensitive, vulnerable, you know, guy. And because of his burden, was always on the edge of, you know, really losing it. She had to be the strong one with the two of them. And was so until she died. The big sex tease here. Yeah, they might have oversold it. You, I don't think you needed this much Jerry, Pam, um, Wendy, you know, love triangle thing or whatever to sell her giving into Kelgrave. It's certainly more convincing this way, you know. I mean, she's really exhausted all options in terms of her head. So now she's not going to, you know, she could lose all her money, get disbarred, you know. She's alienated her former wife, obviously, and is bordering on alienating her new lover. And this is what happens to people in power when they don't get what they want. They see someone like Kilgrave and think they can uh, exploit it. Another brilliant part about this episode is that they to there's a lot of torture and electrocution early. And this continues... Oh, this is where he tries to eat the fast food and throws it away. She's still drinking. You know, for her, it's like apple juice as a kid. You know, it's addictive. It gets you going a little bit, but that's, yeah, you can't even eat it. Hard to know if it's the food or the situation, probably both. So they do the torture early, and now it's just a mind game. It's a waiting game. Yeah, the sauce is the most tasty thing. He's a little boy. You know, he's putting too much ketchup, too much barbecue sauce. It's great. It's the thing that makes him lovable. And when I say the Kilgrave's lovable, he's lovable as a television personality that you just want to watch forever. That's where he says, help me. Um, not <laughs> the way he conducts his affairs at all, obviously. But the fact that he was abandoned as a kid, or sees himself as abandoned as a kid. You know, this is supposed to be the catharsis episode, but in Inglorious Bastards, the Nazis were unrepentant, and so they, t you know, took him down. And Django, the slave owners were unrepentant, so they took him down. Here, we don't know what the fuck's going on with Kilgrave. You know, he's acting humbled, whether he feels it or not. <laughs> hard to know what is more uh, difficult for him in this situation not being able to mind control people or just not being able to talk to people at all interact with them the sin bin right so they figure out it's a rugby thing now in hockey the penalty box is also traditionally called the sin bin you don't hear that much these days but growing up on hockey in philadelphia because the flyers generally are good <laughs> though they're terrible this year and have been for the last couple of years but here they're talking about rugby so the thing people don't know about England that's really interesting is that if you look at rugby, it's like football on the surface. It's very violent, you know, people getting, you know, their asses kicked, tackling people, throwing people, bashing people around. But traditionally, rugby has actually been the purview 
of the wealthier classes in England. It's the game that rich schoolboys play at their private colleges in Oxford and Cambridge and so forth. Soccer is more the middle class and working class sport and is so throughout the world, even though it's the most gentlemanly game. If you take out the flopping because you're doing it with your foot and not your hands um, and it's so graceful, rugby seems like the brutal sport that like MMA, the, the lower classes would eat up, but that is not indeed the case. A lot of rich South Africans love rugby as their most favorite sport, as in England, New Zealand, Australia, India. Great shot. And they just keep, you know, most of the stuff they're doing is like warehouse area in the, in the West Village and in the west side of, uh, of Midtown. Oh, here's Hope. Okay, here we go. Here's the plea bargain. Right, she'd be 40. Mm-hmm. She'd have to lie, at least in her mind. I want to talk to Jessica. Yes, I love the Hope's devotion to Jessica. Or loyalty, I should say. You barely know her. Right. This, if she takes a plea bargain, it looks good for. I mean, if it's open and check case, and they still give her a plea bargain, it makes uh, Hogarth look great. She doesn't care that the girls have gonna have to do fifteen to twenty years. I want to talk to Jessica. I think she says, "Look at her facial stuff." I don't know who trained this young woman, Erin Moriarty. She's going places. I'm telling you, people. Mark it here. She's twenty twenty one. This girl knows how to act, and she has a presence when she's on screen. Right here, her sad eyes. I mean, you just, you know, like it's your daughter or something. You just want to hug her. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah, she's such a danger. God, our prison system's fucked up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's his mom. Mm. Yeah, the, his mom would start coming to the anti... Uh, or, or the Kilgrave support groups. Oh, this is great. Okay, here we go. I'm taking a deal. This is great. Hope doesn't know what's going on yet. She's unburdening herself. She writes. She wants it done. Yeah. Oh, she's thinking about her degree. Oh, it's so sad. She should be out of here. I don't want to die in here. It's not an irrational thought. Jessica looks back. Yet, she tells him, tells her. She tells her, boom. Kilgrave is my prisoner. Yes. Look at the shooting up on Hope. What? It's not possible. I pumped him full of drugs and I dumped him in a cage. Bam. Yeah, and ultimately, Hope gets out for the wrong reasons and with the wrong result. It's so sad, you know. I mean, Ruben's one thing, but what happens to Hope is just... The thing is, they had to have Hope's demise because you needed Jessica to kill Kilgrave. In Marvel, you never kill the enemy in a sort of an execution kind of fashion if you can prevent it. Cap would never do that, you know, just twist someone's neck. But with what he does and what he's capable of and the fact that no law could legislate against or protect against what he does. And then with hope, Jessica has to do it. But we will get there. Whoop. Familiar. So many episodes ago, Jessica said she's going to, you know, use the support group in order to use them to pump them for information. And here she is pumping them for, for, uh, and here she is pumping them for information uh, uh, yet again. Malcolm's trying to bring her into the fold. He's got great clothing now that he's not a drug addict. It's hilarious.
Yeah, as, as I hinted in the last episode, uh, I think whenever Ruben died, whenever we get the long exchange between Malcolm um, or maybe Jessica and uh, Robin, the red-headed twin sister, whose brother Ruben killed himself with Kilgrave's orders, and you know, you think he's comforting her, it's her brother, but she ends up comforting him, and she says, uh, is that in the series where, this, where she says you don't have to talk, like just stop talking, Malcolm? You know, just stop talking like a support group. I think that's here, not Breaking Bad. <laughs> Time with Kristen Ritter. You're getting flashes of Breaking Bad. Just watching it. Up oh, here she is. I don't know how they did the ironing effect on half her face, like two face. It's uh, it's pretty disturbing. You lost a jacket. Move on. Exactly. Betty just listens. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> uh, needs her to out herself. <laughs> Uh-oh. She's dressed like such a homeless lady, you know? Yeah, I mean, having it's interesting watching it again. I, I I love it every time, but I say this with the first Avengers. Even the first Avengers is most widely considered better than Age of Ultron. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I, I can sympathize with it. But you can tell that some of the chemistry is still coming together, including Cap and, and Tony Stark, who are now legendarily, you know, frenemies. Here it is, though. This is This is the real acting, just between these two. Right. Go help. Oh, I love that. Go help those people. That's your superpower. She's right. She's right. Being able to help people in any way is a superpower. Right. So here are the parents who are so obviously the parents. Whoop. <laughs> uh, hi, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm will be glad to see you. Yeah, you named him Kevin, but you made him Kilgrave. All right, so coming up, the parents say, we weren't torturing him. We were trying to help him. Right, we tried to save him. I'm still not sure I believe it. A de- right, a degenerative neural disease. He would have been brain dead by 12. Oh, they used a virus to repair it, and that's why his output is is viral in nature. <laughs> she wants to bludgeon her with the Mother of the Year award. <laughs> okay, so the problem with this whole subplot is that if they're right and they really were trying to help him, then they're not culpable for him becoming a monster. And if they're lying about trying to help him, then they're monsters, and they're just lying. But this middle ground of trying to help him, but they're culpable for what he's become because they're his parents. It's like Han Solo, you know, trying to turn back, you know, Ben Solo, a.k.a. Kylo Ren in Star Wars. It's, you know, it, eventually you lose a family member, you know. I have a, uh, let's just say I have, I have an uncle who uh, I haven't seen in a long time, who... It's close to the family. It happens. You know, it's no one's fault. It's not their fault if this is true. Right, and so she's playing on their emotions, get get them to help. Yeah. She, this is a guilt trip from Jessica that this just feels forced to me a little bit. There you have it, people. We're uh, almost nine full episodes in. I made my first criticism. The parents, well, I guess I've been criticizing, well, a little bit, but I still love them. Uh, the parents, uh, yeah, <laughs> here's Freeman. <laughs> these texting programs are strange to me. This, These must all be Android phones. Oh, did, wait, did Hogarth send this to him? 
Or was this Jessica baiting him? His copley duty. I love that Trish, it, you know, plays watch, and they just stare at each other. Oh, man, she's not even sitting or putting her bag down. It's great. He knows he has no chance of manipulating her. Oh, shit. Oh, yes. Yeah, he knows she's that guy, too, but, oh, man, is she considering it? Where does she start, and then someone comes in, and she puts it away? Yep, footsteps approaching, gun away. Oh, now she leaves her with, uh... So now Trish leaves him with Hogarth, and this is what the wire disconnection happens. So that's why they needed the Wendy-related scene. You know, you need her to go over the edge to where she would let Kilgrave go in, in the desperate attempt to help her. But she cares more about her money than herself. We knew that already. Now we definitely know because... The worst case scenario, without freeing him, she's to give a lot of her money to Wendy. <laughs> worst case scenario, let it kill Grave out. Everyone dies and or gets tortured, and that's what happens. Yeah, I like that they tell you that it's happening. Yeah, they don't try and pretend like you don't know. <laughs> Simpson here. <laughs> oh, God. They could have found a Jackie guy. He wasn't just so blatantly a Jackie guy. Whatever. I'm down. Oh, here's with Jessica again. He's obsessed with her. Yeah. Not like you. Sorry, just watching this. This is good stuff. Uh, this, Yeah, this is the breakup. I'm glad you'll be okay. That's it. She, she doesn't know who he is anymore. So, you know, in terms of Jessica Jones, the character, and the course of the series, from a narrative standpoint... With the Avengers, it's always experimentation. That's how they get their powers. Hulk's experimentation, Cap's experimentation, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver experimentation. You know, with the mutant gene, it just makes so much sense. You're born with it or you're not. You know, 1% of the population, something like that. Boom. So... The fact that Jessica got her powers in the accident, I was hoping was going to be that she was born with the powers and that they manifested in the great stress of the accident. Because in the mutant world, that's how it works. When you're an early teenager and you're put under great stress, whether it's for romantic reasons or existential reasons, that's when the mutant powers kick in. And we saw that with in the very first X-Men movie at the very beginning with the Rogue as played by Anna Paquin. That's how it manifests. But apparently, not only can't they have mutants, but they can't have people born with superpowers. Because that implies mutancy. And, you know what? I'm okay with the universes being separated. I know that season two we're going to be investigating Jessica's being experimented on. Yeah, this is inevitable. That's the thing. I mean, even the first watching, I think by season four or five, I put it together that she was going to try and use Kilgrave on, on Wendy. So here we go. Oh, man. Those last 10 minutes is fantastic drama. The, you know, so I said the season, uh, you know, turned in the previous episode. What would Jessica do? WWJD. I went to the dollhouse of her former house put back together. Here come the parents. When they're sitting outside for breakfast and Jessica's starting to manipulate him and Kelgrave's starting to buy into the idea that Jessica is actually considering staying with him for an extended period or forever... It's all just manipulation on her part. That was where the series turned in favor of the good guys. But as I mentioned, what Marvel does so well is as soon as you start winning and getting too comfortable, they make you start losing, but you don't realize immediately that you're losing. Because right now, based on his reaction to his parents, which is very genuine, 
you know, you're expecting the worst, but on the surface you're going, okay, maybe they can actually get something out of him. And and in this entire failed experiment here, where she doesn't check the wires, double check the wires, uh, is uh, leads to more death and suffering, and Jessica's eventual choice at the end of the series that this guy has to be wiped off the face of the planet. <laughs> okay, so Jessica did said the tab, yeah. Yeah, once a lady. Yeah, you know, for being a brilliant legend, he acts a little dumb at times. It's comic books. Oh, yeah, Trish with the gun. And this is what's great, okay? This is the first moment where Trish is the ace in the hole for Jessica Jones and does turn the tide, at least briefly, of what goes on here. But I cannot wait for the final episode, even though we're a few episodes away and the ones until then are great. But the final episode and how Trish contributes without even having a choice, is absolutely brilliant. We will get there. Alright, so now everyone's here. We got witnesses, we got a policeman, we got a lawyer, we got a camera. (laughs) They handcuffed uh, Freeman. Yeah, these parents look a little too Agents of Shieldy, which is fine. I like Agents of Shield. But this response right here from David Tennant coming up, Mom Pop is is heartbreaking. As horrible as he is. And although the the resolution of this little scenario is inevitable once you see it, the slow burn is glorious. <laughs> so, okay. So coming up, I thought we would have seen it this episode, but some confrontation between him and Jessica, they talk about a scene where he let her out of his spell for 10 minutes just to see what would happen. And he remembers her kissing him voluntarily. And she remembers trying to jump off the roof and kill herself when she has 10 minutes of freedom. So, as convinced as Kilgrave is, and I don't think he's lying here, although he is playing to the crowd, so who knows? You always know how to give orders. Telling someone to eat, when to sleep, when to piss. So, right, here's the question. The fact that they manipulated this young boy to supposedly save him, even though he wasn't a good kid, that, that somehow makes him a worse person? Because you gave him these crazy powers and he just wasn't a, a well-formed child? I save children. Yeah, he's definitely playing towards the crowd. You realize it more on subsequent viewings. In the first viewing, you're so in this, and you want to believe Devin Tennant. Why did you leave? Ready to hit the button. <laughs> Carry on Moss's gun. Please don't go off. Please don't go off. This is like Loki with Anthony Hopkins and Thor. This is an epic parents, you know, evil son scene. We made a mistake. They should have let him die is what they're saying. Maybe not. I don't know what mistake they're referring to. Right, so mother is the one to embrace him. Father's skeptical, and then mother dies, and father becomes his tool. I don't know how they did the ironing effect to her face. I'm sorry, I hurt you. Uh-oh. Jessica realizes it's not going according to plan. <laughs> I'll overlook the assault. <laughs> Yeah, Jessica knows Kelgrave still got something up his sleeve. God, this is good. These two, this two episodes. I mean, the house episode is the best, but these two episodes back to back, WWJD and Sinbin. Uh oh. Wait, she tries to kill him. Oh my God, his mom tried to kill him. He didn't see that coming. He can't read minds. She was really gonna kill him. 
Yeah. It's interesting to think whether he manipulated them without us hearing it. Pick up the scissors. You know it's going to happen here. Stay there, Dad. Take note. That's the thing. This was supposed to be the getting revenge against Kilgrave episode, but you really end up feeling bad for him most of this episode. It's it's manipulative in the best way possible by the writers. Oh, uh, no. For every year you left me alone, stab yourself. That's probably like 20 years. 20 to 30 years. Oh, Freeman. What? Uh-oh, the button's not working. And this is what makes Hogarth as bad as uh, Kilgrave, because she frees Kilgrave. Oh, God. Oh, man. Uh-oh. It's just like, it's great. Just like Jessica got out quicker than you thought. Kilgrave's getting out quicker than you thought. They could have totally strung this out to two or three episodes. Uh, 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 uh,